Hi, I'm Kelly. I am the Head of Operations and Co-Founder at Mamakai and Baby Bank in Lewisham. I live in South East London in Kidbrook with my husband and two young children. Hi, my name is Sophia and I'm the Emerging Futures Director at the Joseph Roundtree Foundation and I also founded the Baby Bank in London called Little Village uh, back in 2016. I live in York now, having been a lifelong Londoner, it's a big change for me. I have three kids and I'm a single parent, so lots going on. You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. With me, Laura Broderick. Welcome listeners to Mother of All Solutions special episode. Today I'm having a three-way conversation, so I have two delightful guests with me today. Um, so I'm really pleased to introduce you, if you don't know them already, to Kelly Ford and Sophia Parker, who are joining me today. Um, they haven't met personally before, but they are connected through their work lives and uh, their values and their their mission and what they do. So I thought it would be really interesting to bring them together for this episode to talk about baby banks um, and look at what they're doing um, from delivering a service that's needed in lots of communities in this country at the minute and probably needed more so now than ever. And I thought it would be a timely conversation to have that would be relevant to listeners of Mother of All Solutions. So it's a bit different. Um, so let's set the scene, welcome the guests. So um, I'm going to start with you, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hello, I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no, it's a pleasure, Kelly. And can I? Can you say where you are today, what you're up to? So I'm currently in the, um, my co-founder's house, Kirsty, uh, recording this podcast today. Oh, that's great that she's uh, loaned you her space. Was your house too noisy or what was We've happening in your house? We've got four building works going on in, around and above us, which would have made it oh. ever so slightly <laughs> impossible. <laughs> oh, well, it's great that your co-founders, uh, you know, given you the space to record today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And over to you, Sophia. Do you want to say your name and where you are as well? Yeah, um, it's lovely to be here. Thank you very much for, for having me. And um, yeah, I'm Sophia and uh, I am currently in York, which is a bit sunny, which is quite exciting. <laughs> You're just like embracing it. I bet... I'm embracing it. Yeah, I've got yeah. the flip-flops out and everything. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Although you are still wearing a long sleeve t-shirt. I know listeners can't see you, but you know, it'll be your vest maybe tomorrow. What do you think? Maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I am still ultimately a southerner up north. So. <laughs> yeah, you're still feeling cold. Yeah, you're still feeling cold. <laughs> well, thank you for making the time. I know you're very busy. Um, so in your introductory segments that we played at the beginning, you're obviously connected through roles around alleviating poverty in the UK, specifically around families. Um, and the reason I thought we should have this conversation is I'm sure a lot of us have been reading in the press, even being impacted ourselves about cost of living rises um, changes to how our country is really on a day-to-day basis for a lot of us but there's obviously people who it will be impacted um, more so than your average family and as we know kind of there's a lot of disparity in the UK between the wealthiest and the poorest and a lot of people will know about food banks and people needing to 
to sort of use those and seeing a rise of that as a trend in the UK, which I'm sure deeply saddens a lot of us. Um, But you both have been involved in what's known as baby banks. So that's going to be the topic. Um, So let's have a look, Kelly, starting with you. Can you explain to our listeners what a baby bank is and then tell us a little bit more about Mama Kind and your role there? So a baby bank is basically a one-stop service for families to come and get all the equipment and items they simply cannot afford for their for their children and for themselves. Um, Mama Kind supports families across four boroughs, Greenwich, Lewisham, Bromley and Bexley. Um, we provide everything from prams, cots, clothes, down to kind of, you know, head to toe wash for the little ones. I look after, so I'm head of operations and co-founder and essentially in a young charity you wear many many hats so you know i do we love we're responsible for our bank of volunteers who are just brilliant we look after Mm, and how many volunteers do you have so we we have around about 30 i would say some are remote so they will do promoting or um, pr or they'll do um, and we have people that you will home sort people will contact families sources Mm. if we need certain things which we don't have in the warehouse there's the, there's lots of different roles at Mama Kind, mm. um, and it, it is growing at the moment, so that's fantastic. And then we responsible for re- managing the referrals, community um, partnerships, and uh, implementing process procedures within the warehouse because it's, it's ever changing. I'm sure Sophia will mm. understand this. You, you st- when you start off very small, it becomes it becomes such a big beast so, mm. um, and it's now you know we're in the kind of second stage of the charity now where um you know we are a vital service in the community which bet, is, which I is bet. needed and uh, we've got mm. our first member of paid staff which is really exciting hopefully going to get our second member of staff this year congratulations yeah Thank so you. you're you're a small charity doing lots as part of kind of a co-founder team in boroughs of south london with your volunteer force behind you and a warehouse like what what is this just like where you spend most of your time then are you just Pretty like much I mean I think for the first year and a half Kirsty and I volunteered probably between 40 and 50 hours a week that we just okay. lived in to the point where our husbands um well you were well they didn't see us <laughs> okay <laughs> we, we had where, where are they yeah 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 so they, they didn't see us you know we, we were having our business dinners every night cause you had to you had to eat you had to be functional and have a meetings because you we just yeah. constantly um because like you know you're wearing many 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 hats all the time so. yeah doing lots of roles and then if people sadly are referred to you and they need to come and access your service do they come to the warehouse or how does it work do you have another venue which is where you do the exchange of items or support work and what are the other ways you do that how does that work so we've got two sites we've got the main warehouse with clothing and um anything you know changing bags slings um toiletries etc and then we've got an equipment warehouse as well we've got two sites okay. one in elton and one in lewisham um the way we work is ref- same little village we use referral partners okay we do get some so- self-referrals so is that through midwives or how, how yep. or a whole so mixture of referrals? We have social worker callers today. Um, it can mm-hmm. be a local hostel if they've got families in there or um, children's centres, healthcare professionals, okay. mental health services, um, refugee okay. council, because Lewisham's a sanctuary borough. So we get lots okay. of refugees in Lewisham that we support. So your community partners 
a liaising with you they obviously know their families locally who needs what so it's a it must be a lot of conversations as well as the logistics of the space it sounds like a complicated and sensitive process to be running it's very sensitive um, yeah mm, and we have mm. yeah and, and you know it's you've got families fleeing domestic violence you've got anything from you know from that level to you know the children um who are sick or and poorly mm. you know, where mum and dad are carers and they need mm. obviously they, they they need support financially um mm. and then people who are just struggling with um, benefit poverty or employment poverty with the lack of flexibility in the workplace and childcare mm. costs are astronomical in this yeah, country. Yeah. We were discussing this morning, you know, we've got one child in nursery. Had we have had our children ever so slightly closer together, we would have been paying £3,000 yeah. a month for, you know, mm. your, your standard nursery in London. So, mm. And if you're already on the, the breadline of, like, struggling and then you have those costs on and then you don't even have the chance to work to increase you know the well-being of your family through employment it must be really hard and again am I right in thinking baby banks are up and down the country I know we're talking to you today like with your South London hat on and um, but is there a network of these across the UK there is a little village of yeah. brilliant they on their website they have a map mm. of all the baby banks okay. in England oh well we definitely will link that in the show notes today So that leads us nicely on back to Sophia. So Sophia, you um, talked about your role now at Joseph Rowntree Foundation in your intro, but I came across you, I think, on Twitter initially with your role that you had at Little Village. Um, So do you want to tell us a little bit about your previous role and your experience of working with baby banks? Sure. Um, and um, yeah, just to say, I really, I really, really, Kelly just talking then really took me back to sort of 2017. So I, I set up Little Village in 2016. Okay. And I really remember that very significant moment when we got our first paid member of staff and you, you start to actually move out of your own house, your, your own <laughs> living room and, and find a place to put the amazing donations that, that come our way. So um, yeah, so I set Little Village up in 2016 down in southwest London in Tooting. Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 I guess it started as an idea that, you know, here we are in the leafy streets of, you know, London suburb, mm. but actually, you know, also knowing that um, in the capital, you've got 95,000 children under the age of five who are growing up in poverty and oh the sense yeah. that these kind of parallel worlds mm. going on next to each other yeah. um, and really wanting to find a way of bridging that divide, but also making sure that this kind of mountain of stuff that arrives in your house mm. when you have a baby yeah. and often doesn't get used, is actually reused, repurposed, gifted with love. We always talked about um, these things mm. being a gift not a handout mm. um so yeah um yeah roll forward to to today and yeah. little village has helped nearly twenty thousand children wow. um and um we have a network of i've actually lost count of how many um how many hubs now because um, the team have taken it on to such amazing places since i moved on five mm. a, a year ago a year ago okay. um but um but i mean yeah supporting sadly growing need across mm. the whole of london um mm. through those hubs and this amazing network of volunteers that we Mm. have and you so it sounds like you're still in touch with the team there even though it was a year ago you moved on it sounds like you're kind of tracking and seeing and yeah 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 so I am yeah I mean I've always talked about Little Village as my fourth baby and I definitely don't (laughs) want to be one of those founders that hang around slightly desperately but I mean yeah I mean it it was it was a it was a a huge part of my life Mm. for five years Mm. and 
um, the the team and the people I met through it um, are still very important to I'm me. Sure. Um, I'm sure. So I do what I can from where I am now yeah, to, and, to kind and of cheerlead and talk about the work. Yeah, and we're going to get on in a minute to to your your role and what you're doing because obviously they align. Um, but Kelly, just this is so interesting for me because I kind of. I know a little bit about baby banks and I donated my uh, son's old pram to one with other bits and bobs in it. But, you know, it's not like I've actively engaged either as a volunteer or as a, a worker with them. So um, you've got your families who are being referred, your items, as you say, well, Sophia, you said gifted, but who would they be gifted from? What's the kind of the runnings of, of that operation? Like go into a bit more detail to help us know more. So our donations come from um, the community um, around us. We have our big sort, our big donation days where we get a big group of um, volunteers down to our sites. And the, the, co- the quality of products that are given to us now uh, are mm. fantastic because obviously you communicate more. At the beginnings when you are working from your, your lounge, you don't mm. feel you can tell people to you know wash the clothes, sort the clothes. Yeah. But, actually, but actually people just want clear direction. So our recent yeah, yeah. donation, the, the, I still get emotional when someone brings us the most beautiful upper baby pram and they've jet washed the chassis. It looks like you could have just walked out of it from John Lewis. Um, and when we gift that on, the feedback is unbelievable. And it never gets, yeah. it, it never gets, um, I never get used to that feedback being just mm. part of every day. It really does blow us away every day. When, mm. and, and giving giving the that level of quality equipment out I always say to my husband you know if, if you've got a, a rubbish pram it's a little bit like working with broadband you know dial-up broadband <laughs> and an Amstrad computer by the end of the day you just want to pull your hair out so oh, yeah. we're and I know little yeah. villagers saying we just want to give out the best quality items we can because it yeah. makes life easier for everybody mm. and the, the quality the time and effort that goes mm. into the bundles is just something else yeah. one of our volunteers spent a hundred hours on creating summer bundles yeah oh wow and And that's so lovely that it's like specific to the need of the time and yeah that's yeah well you 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 really you know you don't realize the level of detail you know they need all year round clothes but they also actually need summer clothes as well don't they and how do you and you can't have it mixed in with your normal donations etc so we're so lucky we've actually been able to now we've got a whole wall in the warehouse kitted out for summer Oh, amazing. That's mm. so good. And I think, and again, it would feel more like a gift then rather than a handout because it's sort of got something quite sort of the care and attention. And um, what about mm. bigger scale stuff then? Um, I'm assuming masses of toiletries individuals can't donate. So, you know, like what happens? Do you have business support financially or gifted? How how does that work with your business community? So we get a lot, we, Bromley Food Bank and Greenwich Food Bank have been incredible they donate any a surplus stock because I think their needs goes up and down with with um with families so the, the, you know if there's ever an over spill of that they'll send that on to us which is a getting to the, the clients where the people wanted it to get to so that's fantastic mm. and we use a company called Inkind Direct where we have spent something like five thousand pound on that site and got sixty five thousand pounds worth of toiletries essentials for for, for mum and baby down to mm. Christmas gifts, which is fantastic. So Kelly, we, we've got a really good understanding of like the operation side, which is your role, you know, the small charity 
your planning, your team of volunteers, your well-stocked, well-cared-for packages of donations ready to go out. But coming to the referrals and the people using your service, um, the families coming to access these packages or items from you, like, how does that how does that go how does that feel is it quite transactional or is it much deeper do you have conversations meet people find out about their experiences and what why they're using the baby bank basically we do we've got a really um strong relationship with all of our referral partners we see them week in week out so we've got to know pretty much every single one of them and they they will let us know that family circumstances um it could be a, a poorly child it could be a mum fleeing domestic violence and statistically um, when they leave if a family is fleeing domestic violence they leave with the shirts on their backs and the children's backs mm. so we get obviously with covid and those numbers going up we've had we do and for those families we mm. do extra big toy bundles we make yeah, sure yeah. there's new toys in there um yeah. some creative things in there um so yeah, no, it, it it's very it's very tough. We we do know backgrounds on the families, um, and we we try and support them as as best we can. So if they're in a mm. small home, we make sure we tailor the the products and items that go in there. If they've got a bit more mm. space, it allows us to give obviously the bigger the bigger toys. Yeah, yeah. To be specific about that offer, and mm. you mentioned the impact of COVID and domestic. You know, you cited domestic violence as increased when everyone was stuck at home and um, what about the impact of the increased living costs that you know food prices going up um just universal credit changes etc what about the current here and now are you noticing your furrows shooting up or how how's it's it feeling now we've we've mm. never funny enough the, the food bank who are coming on a tuesday in the, the shared space that we work they had their record number last tuesday we've oh. had our record number this week and we are at maximum capacity because I'm sure Sophia can, can relate to this you, when you make up these bundles you're looking at possibly two or three Ikea bags the big large blue ones per family mm. you get you know 30 families if you, you know times in that by 10 mm. you need to have physical space to put these yeah, um yeah. so what, what I'm realizing this week is we, we are going to get we are going to hit capacity and that isn't going to be due to funding or due to um well I suppose space would come under funding or volunteer mm. hours it's physically how do we operationally get that those made yeah. up and out the door and install them so wow so you've you've seen that just yeah oh my but I mean it's it, it's not great it's skyrocketed because obviously you're doing your best and as you say you're starting to get paid staff members and get your charity working really well but there's only so much of a service and if it's being it is a people pushed asking and, for more and more that you know where sometimes mm. we would get the occasional ones where they just needed nappies or just needed to top up now okay. we're getting asked for the full bundles and you know it could could they have say two packs of clothing because we're no longer just topping up a wardrobe where they need a few bits you know a few extra bits there's yeah. nothing um, yeah it's from scratch yeah yeah mm. and and mm. and the school uniform that this is a thing we're just tackling at the moment you know the average school mm. uniform is 300 pounds there's children who yeah, aren't yeah. allowed 
into their education because they haven't got the right shoes <laughs> oh oh god or oh, they have to have the jumpers with the specific label on and things and you're mm. like oh my goodness do you yeah yeah I mean mm. so that's great you're helping with with uniform as well um well I'm I'm sorry to hear that I mean I'm not surprised I mean that's why we were recording today because you know we anticipated that this was going to be the fact but the fact that you're here as the ops director of a baby bank saying that to to the mother of all solutions and listeners of the program um well thank you for taking your time to do that and Sophia going back to you then I'm sure within your role at Joseph Roundtree Foundation looking at the data behind this and the lived experiences and working on it now you're also seeing that so do you want to say a little bit about your role now your current role since leaving little village and what you've noticed it noticed happening and yeah the impacts on families and and mothers sure yeah um and just just to say i mean i think what kelly's described um in terms of the experience at mama kind is is, is kind of echoed up and down the country mm-hmm. uh, in baby banks so little village did a survey um earlier this year that we that was released alongside the report with the joseph Browntree foundation that that showed pretty much all baby banks are anticipating their busiest year yet. Mm. Um, and I think it's that is deeply, deeply worrying yeah. as an indicator of how a cost of living crisis is already biting mm. and we're not even in the middle of winter. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, we've been through the kind of awful shock of COVID and, and the kind mm. of public health crisis, but the much kind of longer yeah. crisis that is unfolding yeah. right now is the economic crisis and the cost of living crisis, as you say. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we uh, the, 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 the data shows that there are 4.2 million kids uh, living in poverty in the UK mm. and 1.3 million of those are children under the age of five. Oh and I am particularly troubled by that figure mm. because of everything we know about just how important the early years are. Yeah. One of the reasons that I set up Little Village is because I I really believe that every parent should be able to give their child the, the start in life they deserve. Mm. And actually, children who are experiencing poverty in those very early years, mm. that casts a very long shadow over, mm. over their future. Not to say that they're permanently trapped in it, that it's inevitable, but it does make life harder. Mm. And I think we should be much more worried than we are mm. that that number of children under the age of five are struggling to get by with the basics, struggling to live in housing that's decent quality enough uh, and, and large enough for them to you know, learn to crawl, mm. have a place to, to do schoolwork and so on. Mm. Um, there are a couple of other things that are really troubling us uh, about the kind of bigger picture, I suppose, mm. uh, from where we are in, in Joseph Roundtree Foundation. One is that what you can begin to chart is um, a deepening of poverty. Okay. Do you want to... Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what you mean of that. So, yeah. so there's a lot of discussions around, well, what is poverty and mm. how, what are the technical definitions? Who falls in it? That yeah. Today. Mm. yeah, exactly. Mm. But the, 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 the point is that... Um, uh, there are, you know, historically there have, there have been people who kind of bump in and out of poverty okay. as defined by the official measure. Whichever measure you choose to use, what we are seeing now is that a greater number of people are experiencing a deeper, more intense form of poverty, okay. what you might call destitution. Okay. So not only are the general poverty statistics on the rise, mm. going in absolutely the direction we don't want, we're also seeing this increase in destitution and people who really do have nothing mm. um and uh and i think that is is very troubling mm. um also troubling is the fact that 
the kinds of people who are finding themselves in that situation mm. are the kinds of people who are already experiencing many other forms of discrimination sure. and inequality. Sure. So um, that is um, uh, families headed up by um, BME mm. uh, parents, it is single parents, mm. and it is uh, families where there is a disability mm. um, in, in a family member. So what you're seeing is that these trends are like reinforced for people who are already at a disadvantage, mm. um, already experiencing an unfair amount of discrimination. So it's a, it's a bit of a depressing picture. Um, yeah. And one that I think we really need to um, call out and shout from the rooftops about because we at the moment are really failing yeah. this generation of children in my view yeah and yeah there's a few things I want to just ask you more about because I am you know superficially aware rather than you know that depth of awareness so you mentioned people in the past sort of dipping in and out or flux the flux of poverty so in the you know 10 plus years of austerity someone might lose a job but then might find a new job so they might dip into poverty for a period of time, but have, you know, so, but whereas now you might be on such low income, if you have a job with the cost of living, everything piled on top of each other, you're staying at that deep, that lower sort of level. And as you say, getting towards destitution quite quickly. Mm. That, that's yeah. right. And there's a few things going on in what mm. you've just described. So, I mean, the first thing is that the jobs market mm. has changed very dramatically mm. in the last decade. Mm. You've seen the rise of zero hour contracts. Yeah. You've seen the rise of this kind of peaceworking gig economy, some people call it, yeah. you know, people who are basically self-employed. Um, that has meant that economic insecurity, like the fluctuations, mm. the uncertainty of will I get hours this week or not, yeah. that is really, really hard to live with, right? Yeah. And it also means that, uh, and particularly since COVID, people were just not getting the hours they needed. So yeah, yeah. had they got the hours, they might have kept themselves out of poverty, but because they weren't getting the hours. Mm. The other thing to say is that there's been a big shift. And again, this is over a kind of decade, 15 years rather than more recent. But what we've started to see now is that two thirds of people in poverty are also in work. Yeah. So that yeah. idea of you can work like, yourself out work, of it, yeah, yeah, yeah get yeah. a job and everything will be fine, yeah. is just not true. It's yeah, just yeah. not true. It's one of those myths that needs to be kind of punctured every yeah. time you hear it. Most people in poverty are also in work. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's a really big issue. The other thing that's going on, and this is something that we and other organisations are pushing hard on at the moment, is you've seen a, we've seen a pattern in benefits and social security offered by government, which is that they are not keeping up with inflation, which mm. is kind of okay when inflation is low, but what we're mm. seeing this year is inflation is going up. That means costs are going up. Mm. Benefits aren't keeping up. Mm. And so really what that adds up to is a cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At a very time that bills are going up. So you've got this dual challenge of jobs that aren't paying what they need well, to pay mm, to keep people's heads yeah. above water and benefits that aren't keeping up with rises in the cost of living. And then you add housing into it. So you yeah. just it's a sort of perfect storm of, of, of stuff that is meaning that families are becoming trapped mm. and being dragged under mm. this kind of um, tidal wave really, mm. of poverty. So who is listening? You were saying that we need to be you know, better at knowing that this is going to impact on these, you mentioned the under fives, but of course, there's other people in the family. I know the under fives, it's really important because we all care deeply about small children and, and it affects their future life prospects as well. But who is going to listen? Like what, or, 
yeah, sorry, I know that's a bit of a loaded question. I didn't mean it to sound too loaded, but yeah. I, I mean, we, 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 we work very hard um, as, as with many of the other amazing campaigning charities out there to make sure that this agenda is kind of on the desks of the people in power. Mm. Um, but it is a challenge. You know, I think, I think we are operating in a country where there is an awful lot of stigma mm. around being poor. There's an awful lot of judgment around being poor. Yeah. I certainly in my time at Little Village encountered a lot of stuff. Whenever we did anything in the media, the comments you got afterwards about people who'd been brave enough to share their stories yeah, yeah. were disgusting, frankly, about, yeah. you know, well, she shouldn't have children if she couldn't afford them. Oh, and yeah. you just think, or she you shouldn't have, no have idea. a phone. You have no or, idea. Yeah, 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 you can hear exactly. it. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, I think, I think that does make it much harder to campaign on this stuff mm-hmm. because there is this sort of sense that there's a sort of them and us about it. Yeah, and the, we, sorry, I was just thinking no. like, you know, the lived experiences often what people say, if you can tell stories and share experiences, it helps, you know, influence, but it sounds like in this case it's not, that's not the right it's not yeah, yeah. It's, I think it has to be done with real care mm. right when you're sharing stories mm. of people who are experiencing these issues mm. um you know we, we we thought very carefully about how we did that at Little mm. Village in a way that wasn't exploitative mm. and didn't leave those people very exposed to all this judgment yeah. that said you know at, at JRF one of the, th- at the Joseph Rangie Foundation we mm. work very hard so we fund a lot of uh, groups like grassroots organisations mm. and so for example one of them we fund is called Mums on a Mission oh, cool. and it's really trying to give um, power yeah. to the voices of women who are directly experiencing these issues okay. because actually if they can speak up yeah. and start to illuminate what's going on like we think that that's an important part of how change happens. Mm. I'm not sure it will happen without all the policy work as well, but it's an important part of it. Picking up on that about the mums, like this is a, a podcast that is called Mother of All Solutions and, you know, it was set up to mm. talk about mums and work and maternity. I mean, this is a special episode, so it's a slightly different flavour today. But, you know, those mums that are accessing and using the services or you're kind of researching and gathering information on like I just can't imagine really how it must feel just to not even be able to do the basics let alone think about career progression or you know the big stuff that you know you get stuck in a rut of thinking about yourself sometimes um yeah 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 I don't know if there's Kelly or yeah is there anything you want to add about the impact on the mums we've had some brilliant feedback recently Mm. um from healthcare professionals saying how our support and help has affected has improved their mental health so if you think there's that level of anxiety of not knowing where your next nappy's coming from Mm. or if you can't actually leave the house because you don't have a pram and I often think if you took one thing that we give out of your day-to-day life so just simple things like shampoo like not being able to go out of the house with clean clean hair that's all you're going to think about so what's wonderful is you know giving gifting these families and any families and I think as Sophia mentioned earlier empathy Mm. with families in poverty because it it can happen to any of us Um, you know, you know, two of my friends with five, five, four, three children in the pandemic mm. lost their jobs overnight. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Luckily, that they they survived. But 
you know, if that hadn't have happened, you know, it's it can literally happen to any of us. Yeah, I've never had so much empathy before since mm. and with that attitude, you know, you choose to be poor is I definitely feel that. Mm. Um, I, yeah, and I think I think I think one of the things that was very clear so Little Village has a slightly different model uh, to Mama Kind that families would come in to choose stuff. Um, and one of the things that was really striking in those conversations with the mums was that um that 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 this was about giving them back their right to be a great parent. Yeah. And giving them the confidence, feeling like they had the wherewithal, they had the kit that they needed. That had other impacts as well, which was that it freed up cash to spend on other things. Mm. Um, but what you really start to notice in, as, as you had conversations with mums who were coming to Little Village is that actually the stigma and the way that they were being treated and judged by the rest of the systems, you know, being asked to stand behind glass, glass, glass screens, mm. being asked to like wait for two hours as if their time didn't matter. Mm. All of that conveys a sense of you are not respected. Yeah. And so yeah. we just really wanted to turn that on our head at Little Village and say... You are so respected. You're doing the toughest job in the toughest of circumstances. How can we be of service to you? Yeah. And um, it feels so important because actually if the mum is not feeling good, yeah. the child is not going to be feeling good. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds so obvious, but it's so true, isn't it? I mean, you know mm. yourself, even on your bad days, just because something mm. like annoying happened and then you mm. get annoyed at the kids or... <laughs> you shout or you do whatever it is it impacts on everybody and then everybody mm-hmm. has a bad day but imagine that amplified to this level uh, it, yeah I it just feels um just feels wrong that we're living in a time that this happens really um one of the things I find found myself saying a lot is this is not okay yeah and almost trying to kind of hold on to that because I think sometimes you, you get so caught up and I'm sure, Kelly, you feel this where you are as well. You're so caught up in trying to like sort out the logistics, get as many referrals sorted as possible, kind of keep the, keep the show on the road, fundraise for every penny you need and yeah, all of this stuff. Yeah. And sometimes you have to step back and say, my God, this is not okay. Mm. This is not okay. And, and actually, you know, thinking about how as baby banks we can start to really kind of Make, make that point again and mm. again and again mm. until it is recognised that it's not okay that yeah. children are growing up in circumstances like this. Mm. And yeah, I think from what I've heard from both of you now, what the Baby Banks is doing is so vital as on the ground support. And I'm sure, well, I hope things get better, but you know, whether you're glass half full, glass half empty approach at the minute, um, you know, thinking about what else those Baby Banks might have to expand to do. Um, whether it's these support services or whatever else it is that the, the communities might need and those families might need going forward. Um, so congratulations to you both for what you're doing. It's just a shame it's in circumstances that you don't really want to be doing it in. Um, but what can our listeners do? Um, Kelly, do you want to, to go first? Like, How can people find out about Mama Kind and what maybe is something we could do wherever you're listening in the UK? So we are currently on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so they can go on there. They can see our big, you know, our big donation days. They can donate via our bio link in Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anyone wants to get in touch with us, they can email info at mamakind.org.uk. Whether that's to, you know to refer themselves or a referral partner that wants to partner with us, or people want to don't um, volunteer with us. Yeah, so many options. And 
I'm sure, well, I'll link those in the show notes for the episode. And I'll also link, you said there was a map on Little Village website. So I can link that map for the UK kind of network of baby banks as well. Um, so, yeah, thank you for telling us those. And Sophia, what what about you? What what else do you think our listeners can do? Obviously, empathise is something, but other things that you would suggest? Well, um, I would absolutely echo what Kelly said. Like, look at the map of uh, baby banks around the country, find your local one, sign up to volunteer. Even doing a shift a month is welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these, these are organisations powered by kindness, so um, that really matters. If you can't volunteer, then you can donate. So do, I think, support your local baby bank, wherever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also say, you know, like, don't give up on like, these kind of old-school methods of, of democracy. Go mm-hmm. and see your MP in mm-hmm. their constituency service mm-hmm. um, uh, office. Write to them, ask them what they are doing. Yeah. to tackle child poverty in the area that you live in yeah ask difficult questions because the more of us that ask these questions the more of us that call this out is not okay yeah the harder it will be to ignore this issue of growing poverty no that's that's a really good point to make and it's something I often forget to do so I'm glad you've made it and I did notice that Little Village was in the Brixton Bugle recently um so it was uh, <laughs> and I think the local MP had visited so um that's it, right yeah, yeah now's a good time to follow up um yeah. Okay. So that's some good suggestions for what we can do. Um, yeah. So thank you both. Um, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Um, I think Kelly, we've only met once in person, haven't we? And Sophia, we'd only connected yeah. on Twitter before. So this is lovely to actually, I know we're not in the same space together, but it's nice to be same virtual space, same virtual <laughs> space together. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, between you and your staff and your volunteers, you know, there has to be this voice rising and being raised to to help um make things better for a lot of people and i will also along with the show notes um links for mama kind and the baby banks sophia i'll link the joseph roundtree foundation reports i know there's been quite a lot of recent reports come out and so if people just want to know a bit more on a kind of factual level they can read those in their own time so, so thank you both. Um, have great days. I hope the sun stays out in York. And Kelly, I hope um, your building work uh, gets finished promptly. And thank you. <laughs> and thank. I'm off to make referrals. Yeah, yeah, you've got your to-do list ready. No, I really do appreciate yeah. you both taking time out to do this. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's been That's lovely being pleasure. here. Likewise, really nice, Laura. Thank you. So thank you also to our listeners. Uh, Listeners, you've been listening to a special episode about baby banks today on the Mother of All Solutions. Please do also connect with me, your host, Laura Broderick, via Instagram or Twitter at Solutions Mother. And yeah, listen out for further episodes. And please do share this important episode because it's got a a message today that I think is, is one we should all be telling our family and friends about. So thank you for listening. Stay well. And yeah. Be in touch soon. Bye.